you are happy to be in your presence. He said with the psalmist that I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Better is one day in your courts than thousand days elsewhere. Lord, you are the one who has the words of eternal life. There is nowhere else that we can go to receive these words of eternal life. It is only in your presence that there are pleasures evermore. Tonight, we commit ourselves into your hands. We say that, Lord, speak to us. I yield myself to you and I ask that, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, let all who hear your word be blessed, even in hearing and also receive grace to be doers of your word. We thank you for what we are about to receive in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And all the time, there's an experience that two of the disciples of Jesus had after his resurrection. That it has been my desire that we will also have that kind of experience. And it was it's a very, very significant experience or maybe I'll call it an encounter if we must enjoy the benefits of what Jesus did for us on the cross of Calvary and the power of his resurrection and its implications in our lives if it has to become a reality in our lives then the Lord has to open our eyes to understand the scriptures. Hallelujah. And before we go into the message, I want us to read the scripture quickly from Luke chapter 24, verse, from verse 13. And I'll keep reading until I get a signal to stop. Luke 24 from verse 13. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they walked together for all, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you, you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, 
who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word, before God and all the people. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have, been, to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent, and he went in to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread blessed and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? This is the experience that I pray that we will have. Hallelujah. So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them and gathered together saying the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So these brethren they were very sad. They knew all the scriptures already all that the prophets have said concerning Jesus, they already knew it. And yet when it came to pass, they were very, very sad. And they were going and talking about Jesus and Jesus himself drew nigh. I believe that as we talk about Jesus tonight, he himself will draw nigh to us. Hallelujah. And so he was asked, so why are you so sad? Ah, don't you know the things that have happened? Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? This one is on all the news networks. All of the networks, they are broadcasting it. How come? Where have you been? You are the only stranger in Jerusalem. When did you enter the city? 
since Jesus, we had hope that he was the one who was coming to deliver us. Now look at what has happened. And Jesus rebuked them for their unbelief. He said, oh, fools and slow of heart to believe what the prophets have said. So, sometimes, it's not that we don't know. Tonight, we are going to talk about walking in, purity, in the purity and integrity of the word of God. And I'm sure that we know most of these scriptures. We have been hearing them over and over again. Like these two disciples. They had been to the synagogues. They have heard the prophets read to them. They have sat at the feet of Jesus. He has told them over and over again that, look, I'm going to die. I'll be crucified. They will catch me. They will kill me. But on the third day, I will get up. They knew all these things. But what was the problem? They, well, I think the first one is what he said, foolishness. And the second one is slowness of heart to believe what the prophets have spoken. The word of God that has been spoken. But Jesus did something to them. He opened their eyes. And as he was speaking to them, their hearts began to burn within them. Now their eyes were open. And the people who were so sad and discouraged and feeling so hopeless, when they, they had this encounter, they were not tired again. They had walked for seven miles. And it was night. And they said Jesus shouldn't go any further. He should stay with them because it was night. Now these people, after they received the revelation, they walked seven miles back to go and testify about Jesus, that he is risen indeed. Most of the time, we say it, the Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. But then, like these two people, our hearts are sad with our own issues. Because where we were expecting deliverance and salvation, where our hope was, it's like... That door is shut. So because of that, we are sad. And yet we know all the scriptures too. We know that Jesus came to take all our infirmities upon his own body. He took our sin. He took our shame. He became a curse for us. So that we will be free from curses. He came to take all our punishment and with the blood that he shed, everything that stands against us, that stood against us, was blotted out. All these things. We know them. So why are we still sad? Why are we still feeling hopeless? It's because of the slowness of heart to believe. And the choice that we make to go away from the word of God. Instead of looking at the word of God, 
for answers. We foolishly stray. That's what Jesus said. I'm not insulting you. He rebuked these disciples. He said, oh, foolish ones. The folly lies in the fact that the answer is there in the word of God. And then we make a choice that no, we, we don't want this. In, in the, the prophet, I, um, is it Jeremiah, he said that you have to ask for, you hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. But you said, no, we are not willing to do that. So that's where the folly lies. That God has told us the way to victory, the way to success. The word of God contains everything that the believer needs to live victoriously and to be an instrument in the hands of God and to enter into our eternal inheritance. But we don't even have appetite for the word of God. When he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. But foolishly, we have decided that as well as when we get up, we will eat bread alone three times a day. Or some people even do more than three times a day. And then, after the word of God, when we come to church on Sunday, or um, if God permits and we are here on Wednesday too, then that's when we hear the word of God. So some of us, we are eating spiritually two times a week or once a week. He says that man shall not live by bread alone. And so, I want us to, tonight, not just take it as we have come to teaching service. Oh, okay. Tonight the topic is so, so, and so, and so. Oh, okay. Oh, she talked well. She talked well. No, no. Please, listen. Let Jesus talk to you. And let's tell Jesus that this thing that you did to those people, do it for me too. That thing that you did to them that, you know, Bible says that their eyes were holding so that they could not see him. You know, so sometimes it's like that. Our eyes are, we, we are not seeing what God wants us to see in the word. But if we wait before God and we yearn to know the truth in his word and our heart cries out to God to say that God, I want to see the wonderful things in your word. I want to see all the promises that you have laid down for me in your word. That is the reason why Apostle Paul said that he doesn't stop praying those prayers in Ephesians. That the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened. It is one prayer that we shouldn't stop praying because we really, really, really need our eyes to be open. Look at these brethren. They were sad. And the fact that somebody had even gone to the place to come and tell them that, look, the man is alive, oh, he is not dead. And so they were reporting it very sadly. That, ah, two people, the women, they went, some of them, to, to even make the situation worse. They have also come to say that 
his body is not also which one do you want do you want the, the dead body of jesus or you want the living jesus so they were sad but after jesus did that thing in their lives hallelujah glory be to god they were not sad again they were effective witnesses they didn't care for the night time they just dashed out and went and started testifying about jesus we know that our vision is to know jesus eh, share jesus and prepare to be with jesus every day we are saying it and we say eh, win souls talk to people about jesus eh, we are going for outreach and all of that but the thing is not even kicking your heart it's not kicking it hasn't yet kicked your heart so if you are doing it christ as if it's like ah Ah, they say outreach, so let's go. If we don't go, you know, pray that Jesus will do this thing in your life. Because what Jesus did on the cross is very, very powerful. It is very, very mighty. And the revelation of it will not, it's like it it, it will change your life. It will change my life. And that is what we have to desire for. That everything that Jesus did on the cross, whatever it rep- the cross represents in the life of the believer, whatever the resurrection represents in the life of the believer, Lord, open my eyes. Let me see it. I want to see. Open my heart. I want it to enter into my heart. I want it to kick my heart. Out of that slowness, you know, when people, they are having a crisis with their heartbeat, you know what they do? They try to, um, I've forgotten what they call that thing. You know, they put some, apply some heat on their chest, and then um, when the thing kicks their heart, then uh, they, they will get out of that crisis. Spiritually, we want to trust God that he will do that type of operation in our lives, so that our heart will not be, our spiritual Spirit man will come alive. Will not be slow and dull and, you know, if we are even reporting about Jesus, it's as if we are not talking about the living Jesus. We are talking about, um, you know, somebody that died and they say that he is alive. Hey. Is the Lord witnessing something to your heart tonight? The Lord is witnessing something to my heart as well. And my prayer is that what he has prepared for us will truly be our portion and we will not miss out on all the blessings in his word. From here, I want to trust God that our relationship with the word of God, it will change. We will long for the word of God. We will look forward to the word of God. We will search for the word of God. We will be happy to hear the word of God. And there will be root in our heart to receive the word of God so that we will bear fruit. Hallelujah. Walking in the purity and integrity of the word. I want to read Psalm 19. Verse 7 to 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, 
making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. Hallelujah. In keeping the word of God, there is great reward. Hallelujah. In keeping the word of God, there is great reward. God has already told us that more than that, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. There is great reward in keeping the word of God. See, he says that God's word is perfect. It is the word of God that has converted us from sinners to sins. It is the word of God. The incorruptible word of God. That is what has converted us. And it is the word of God that will give us wisdom. The statutes of the Lord, they are right. The commandments of God, they are pure. That is what will enlighten us. He continues to talk about the word of God in this manner. And then he says that they are more to be desired than gold. When I got here, I did what Prophet Kujo advised us to do. Prophet Isaac Kujo said that when you are reading the word of God, you must stop and think. So I stopped and I thought. I said, eh, so more to be desired than a day than gold, than much fine gold here, they are saying here. Eh, is that how I see the word of God? That I have to desire it and treasure it. Job said that I treasure the word of God. I treasure it and I cherish it more than my necessary food. Is it? Is that how my attitude toward the word of God is? I said, God, there's something wrong with my life. I want to become like this man talking here. Who says that the word of God, he treasured it, he treasured it more than gold. Eh, much fine gold. What is the highest uh, gold? Uh, karat. Much fine gold. And sweeter than honey. And the honeycomb. When we get up in the morning, where is our heart? Where, what do we desire? Is it the word of God? Or is it um, how we can make a lot of money and, you know, be comfortable in life? Where is our priority? You see, so the word of God was checking my heart and I found myself wanting. I don't know about you, when you read the scripture, and um, it is the word of God that warns us. 
In fact, this was like a warning to my heart that um, the warning, warning, warning. You are to desire the word of God more than pure and the finest gold, but you are not. You are desiring some other things like, you know, the word of God is sounding the caution. But if we heed that caution and keep the word of God, then we will see that there is great reward. That reward is not only when we go to heaven. That reward is even whilst we are here on this planet. And it's the same word, the song writer says that Asemnara was the boy we are seeing. Asemnara so na was a womb for for. Asemnara so tsemaku mem na ozemaku surahimem. It's the same word that was used to create the world. That same word is the one by which I was born again. That same word is the one that dwells within my heart and will prepare me to make it to heaven. Hallelujah. So if our Christianity must carry us to our destination which is heaven then we must walk in the purity and integrity of the word of God yes, when we talk about purity it means that we are free from contamination and adulteration we are free from any form of immorality Sexual immorality, all kinds of immoral deeds. That is purity. I checked it from the dictionary. Integrity, the state of being whole and undivided. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. So, if we must be Christians who are people of integrity, then it means that we are people who are not divided. We are not halting between two opinions and uh, wondering whether, oh, is God able to solve my problem? Or when it comes to certain situations, let me put Christianity aside and uh, find a way out of this situation. Uh, but after the church, we all go. That one is, is not integrity. It is a divided heart. And the word of God is complete. It's perfect. And it's comprehensive. It has everything that we need to maintain the purity that Christ, the pure life that Christ has given to us. Because by the word of God, we have been born again. In First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-three, let's read that. First Peter one twenty-three says, "Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever." Hallelujah. So we were born again through the word of God, which is incorruptible. And having been born again, and Having, well, I don't want to assume that everybody is also 
is born again. Everybody at the sound of my voice is born again. But if you have given your life to Jesus, you have invited him into your life, you have repented from your sins, had a change of mind that you do not want to live as a sinner and acknowledge the fact that Jesus Christ is the one who came to take away your sin and my sin. And you turn to him to take away your sin and change your life and fill you with the Holy Spirit. Then you are born again. If you have done this, then you are a true child of God. And we have to maintain the purity given to us by Christ and walk in that liberty wherein Christ has made us free by continuing in the word of God. We don't have to go back to how we were before. How we were before, it was not good. And so a born-again Christian should not be going back or should not be doing the unbelieving things small, small, and then come and do the Christianity too small, small. No. You see, what we have left behind to come to Jesus, it leads to destruction. So if we go back to it, it's destruction. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 to 11, he says that, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, and nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortionists will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah. So that's how we used to be. Thank God there is a but. But now that we have given our lives to Jesus, we have been sanctified. We have been reckoned righteous, just as if we have never sinned. Jesus has given us his righteousness. And so we don't have to go back to that kind of life. Jesus paid the price to take away your sin and my sin. And if we go back to these things, the Bible says that we are trying to crucify Jesus again. We want to crucify him afresh. But we should not be like that. So we don't go back. But what do we do? We continue in the word of God. There were people who believed in Jesus. And Jesus advised them. They were Jews. Jesus told them that. John chapter 8 verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. So, if we, it's, it's only when we continue in the word of God 
that we will be seen as true followers of Jesus. And in following Jesus, we will know him. We will know the truth. And what will the truth do? The truth will set us free. We will see all the wonderful things and the wonderful promises that God has for us. And so when Satan is coming to tell you that you owe him, tell him that hey, I am not a debtor to sin again. That's what the Bible says. Uh, we are debtors, but our debt that we owe, it is to live righteous for the name of the Lord who saved us. We are not indebted to sin, to go and be paying our dues small, small to sin. Hallelujah. So, we must continue in the word of God. The word of God is that which will, will guide us on the right path. There are many scriptures when it comes to talking about the word of God, but we do not have um, so much time. So, I will just give you the, the scripture reference in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. It is the word of God that will will guide us, will instruct us in righteousness. And the word of God is, that is the way. And that is the light that will keep us on track. He says that the word of God, that is a lamp unto our feet and a light on our path. We are traveling to heaven in this dark world. And it is the word of God that will throw light on our path so that we do not miss our way. And it's the word of God that will strengthen our relationship with the Lord. As we read already in John chapter 8 verse 31, the word of God is our food. Matthew chapter 4 verse 4. I mentioned that scripture already that man, Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God is, is, is life. It will bring life to our bodies and healing even to our bodies. In Proverbs chapter 20, I want us to do this reading. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 to 22. We need this word very much in these seasons where there's pestilence all around. When we hold on to the word of God, that is our health. It says, my son, give attention to my ways. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Hallelujah. So the word of God, if we pay attention to it and we do not allow it to escape from our eyes, we hold on to the word of God. It is going to bring vitality and good health even to us. Amen. The word of God is the seed that when it falls on the fertile ground of our hearts will make us bear fruit will bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit love will be seen in our lives peace, joy, long suffering goodness, kindness 
self-control, all of these things will be seen in our lives. When the seed of the word of God germinates first on our fertile ground of our hearts and Christ will be seen in our lives. The word of God is a transforming mirror. When we stand in front of the word of God, when we look at the word of God, eh, it's like standing in front of a mirror. It shows us how we are. And it begins to bring transformation to our hearts when we, are, we respond in repentance. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 has that one. And the word of God will keep our garments pure. Psalm 119 verse 9 says that how can a young man keep his way pure? By giving heed to the word of God. The word of God is the sure foundation of our spiritual house that we are building. Matthew chapter 7 verse 24 says that all those who hear the word of God and keep it and are doers of the word of God. They are like that wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10 that that rock is Jesus Christ. And so when we build our lives, and our life is a word-centered or Christ-centered life, then we have a strong foundation. The, 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 the floods will come, the storms will come, but we will stand very, very sure. And nothing will bring us down. The Bible says that those who trust in the Lord, they are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. The word of God is a priceless treasure. We mentioned that already in, in Psalm 19, verse 10. It's also in Psalm 119, verse, 62, verse 162. And the word of God is the key to answered prayer. Is the key to answered prayer. Many times we are wondering, oh, I prayed, but God hasn't answered my prayer. I talked to God about this, but I have not heard God saying anything to me. Bible says in John 15 verse 7 that if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask for everything that you want and it shall be done for you. Ask for what you desire and it shall be done for you. Hallelujah. And the word of God, we're singing about the victory that we have in Jesus before we started listening to the word of God. The word of God is the sword by which we win victory over sin, over Satan. Jesus himself demonstrated this for us when he was tempted. Satan came to tempt him after he had fasted and prayed 40 days and 40 nights. And Jesus said, he used the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and said, it is written. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So, the Word is our victory. And the Word of, the word of God, it contains, it goes, the list goes on and on and on and on and on. And so, as Christians, we should see that we need the word of God. And if we are not desiring the word of God, and we are not walking in the word of God, if our decisions are not based on the word of God, if our choices are not based 
on the word of God. If our reasoning is not based on the word of God, then we are not walking in the purity and integrity of the word of God. But as we listen to the word of God tonight, Jesus says something to his disciples in John chapter 5, chapter 15, verse 3. John 15, 3. He says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Hallelujah. You are already clean because of the word. So, as we are listening to the word of God, it's also cleaning us and renewing us, refreshing us. So when we go out of here, we have to go and continue in that newness, in that freshness that we are receiving, with that fresh decision that we are going to walk in the word of God. We are going to walk in purity. We are going to walk in integrity. Everything that we do will be based on the word of God. And the word of God is that which equips us to be workmen who do not have to be ashamed. In Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 17, and chapter 2, verse 15, we'll, we'll do that quickly. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Hallelujah. So, this is a continuation of the 16 that I gave you to read. And then he says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God. A worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Let's do the King James of this one. Because I want us to see the study. Yes. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth. We must have that, cultivate that habit of studying the word of God on our own. We must cultivate it. And that's why in the other version it says that be diligent. Because it takes diligence to cultivate that habit. When you start, it's not easy. It's as if you are falling asleep. It's as if you are yawning. But be diligent. Whatever you will do to stay awake and cry to God that God, open my heart. Open my eyes. Do something in my life that will make me so hungry and thirsty for the word of God that when the word of God is coming, I am like a goalkeeper who doesn't want any distance to uh, go to enter into my net. I want to receive the word of God with open heart so that the word will profit me. Hallelujah. So, it is the word of God that will equip us for any work at all that God would have us to do. So, if we must even fulfill our vision as a church, knowing Jesus, sharing Jesus, preparing to be with Jesus, it is by the knowledge of the word of God. It is the scriptures that testify about Jesus. So, if we want to know Jesus, it's about understanding the scriptures. And that's why it's important to pray that we will have understanding of the scriptures. And it is 
this same word of God that will equip us, as I've mentioned already, to be able to share Jesus. Because if we know him and we have had an encounter with him, we'll be like those disciples. We can now go and testify. When they didn't, they had not had any encounter. Their testimony was very weak and full of, it was a hopeless testimony. Saying that um, some people said that he is also risen. So it was a very confused testimony. We want to be people who are testifying with full persuasion that we know in whom we have believed. We have encountered the person we are talking about. It's not that they say, but I say, because this is my story. I've seen that man, like that woman. She just dropped her water pot and said, hey, come and see, oh, this man, come and see, because she has had an encounter. My brother, my sister, tonight, I want us all to crave for an encounter. An encounter that will connect us with the word of God in a way that we will be believers Believing believers, not unbelieving believers, not people who are, who are slow of heart to believe. It's the word of God that will set us on the right path to go to heaven. That is the way. Jesus is the way. Jesus, the word of God. He is the way, the truth, and the life. If we miss Jesus, we have missed the way. If we depend on our own minds and we say, oh, this also seems good because everybody is going that way. That, the end of that way is the way of death. So this word, we cannot trivialize the word of God at all. We cannot trivialize the word. If somebody wants you to think that, oh, you, your church, they are not powerful because when you go every day, they are doing open to, open to, and open to. They are lying to you. They are deceiving you. Where we do the open to, that is where the power is. Because this word created the whole world. So if we are coming face to face with the word of God in our church, then God wants to help our lives. So let's open up and be very eager to receive the word of God. We shouldn't trivialize the word of God and say that, oh, I'll say about power, kakra, it is the word of God that contains the power. The creative power is in the word of God. Because it's that same word that God spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. You see? So there is power in the word of God. And this word, we should not belittle it. Apostle Paul was telling the Romans, he said, this word is in your own, it's, it's very near you, it's in your mouth. Eh? If you believe it in your heart and you, you confess it, then you're on the way to victory. So Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 45 to 47. Moses finished speaking all these words to all Israel. And he said to them, set your hearts on all the words which I testify among you today. Which you shall command your children to be careful to observe all the words of this law. For it is not a futile thing to you, because it is your life. And by this word, you shall prolong your days in the land 
which you choose, which you cross over the Jordan to possess. Hallelujah. This word is not a trivial matter. It is our life. That our lives depend on the word of God. So we should not trivialize the word of God at all, at all, at all again. So he says, set your heart on this word. Set your heart on all the words which I testify among you today. So let us go from here, setting our hearts on the word of God and praying to God that God, help me to be diligent to study the word of God. Help me to meditate on the word of God instead of thinking about things that are not helpful. Help me to think about the word of God. And in fact, it is when we, we look into the word of God and we study it, that is when we'll be able to think about the word of God. Because you see, the things that you, you look at, you tend to be thinking about it. Somebody will go and put some, you know, foolish pictures on the WhatsApp and you go and look at it. And that thing will just be flashing in your eyes like that. It's unwholesome, but you have gone to look at it. And it's disturbing you. Let us rather look into the perfect law of liberty, the word of God, and stop looking at all those photos and those things. They are not going to help us. The Bible says that whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are pure, things that are of virtue, things that are of good report, we should think about these things. Their thoughts will not fly from anywhere to come into our mind. So it is when we put our eyes inside the scriptures and decide that we are going to study be diligent to study it. That is when the Holy Spirit will aid us and bring it to our remembrance all the time so that we can meditate upon it day and night and then we'll have good success and we'll be prosperous. We all want to be prosperous and the key to prosperity is the word of God. So our everything, our health, our prosperity, our, our heaven going, our ministry, everything is inside the word of God. And that's why Jesus says that we should not live by bread alone. Let us go out of here very decisive. I want us to bow our heads in prayer and pray to the Lord and say that, Lord, the way you open Cleopas and the, the other brother's eyes, please, I want you to do that thing so that whatever is holding my eyes that I cannot see you in the word of God, that I do not even know you, even though I am born again. Lord, do something new in my life today. Do something new in my life today. There was a woman in the Bible, her name is Lydia. The Bible says that as the Apostle Paul was preaching, the Lord opened her heart to heed the word of God. And from that time on, she was like, oh, stay here and give us more of this word. She didn't say, oh, she was like, oh, stay here. And we need more of the word of and her whole household. They were baptized because God had opened her heart. Let's pray that God will open our eyes. He will open our hearts. This woman, she was only selling materials at the market in Thyatira. You may be here. Maybe you don't even know how to read. 
But tell God that God, I want you to open my eyes. The way you open this um, Lydia's eyes, even though she was only selling pep, uh, purple in Thyatira, Lord, please open my, my eyes. I want to see the wonderful things in the Word of God. I want the Word of God to come alive to me. God, I want a new relationship, a closer relationship with the Word of God. Lord, put a, a, a renewed hunger of the Word of God in me. There are some of us, when we became born again, we couldn't have enough of the Word of God. We will come to church, we will listen to the Word of God. We will go and collect the tape or the CD. We will put it inside our, inside our, our uh, this thing, changer. We will listen to it again and again and again. The same tape. And we will be very happy to listen to it again. Now, something has happened to us. All our attention has been stolen. So, we don't have appetite for the word of God again. It is other, other things that we want to catch up with. The enemy has robbed us. Let us pray for a restoration. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, take me back to that place where I first knew you, where I was hungry for the word of God, where I was thirsty for more of you, or where I couldn't even have enough of you, where I was always looking forward to come and listen to the word of God, where I was always very sad to be late to Sunday school. Oh God, do something new in my life again. Do something new in my life again. Oh Lord, the way you made your word come and burn all the unbelief in the heart of Cleopas and the, his brother. Lord, I pray for myself. I pray for my brethren, all my companions here, O oh God. And everyone under the sound of my voice, O oh Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus, the Father, do this thing in our lives. Oh, let this, the purifying and the burning effect of the word of God take place in my life, O oh God, so that, Lord, my eyes will open in the name of Jesus, so that, Lord, I will be a true and faithful witness of your power and your resurrection, oh, and of your crucifixion. Oh, yes, Lord, that Jesus came to die to take away sins. Oh, yes, Lord, I want to be a faithful witness. Lord, equip me, O oh Lord. Oh, that I will be rich in the word of God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Thank you that your word that you send, you send it to accomplish a purpose. It does not return to you void. But it accomplishes its purpose and it prospers in that purpose. Lord God Almighty, let your word prosper in the purpose for which it was sent to each and every one of us under the sound of my voice. Lord, let your word prosper in our hearts. Let your word prosper in our lives. Let your word prosper in our homes. Let your word prosper in this church, O Lord. Let your word prosper in our ministry. In all that we do, O Lord, let your word prosper, O Lord. And Jesus be exalted. And Jesus be known. Thank you, Lord. 
in Jesus' name. Amen.